Welcome to Determined to Disciple, a working mom's mission to raise disciples of Jesus. This podcast is designed to explore ways to intentionally disciple the precious children in our lives to love the Lord while navigating the unique challenges of being a full-time working mom. I'm Erin, a full-time working mom of three, and I'm your host. Welcome back to Determined to Disciple, a working mom's mission to raise disciples of Jesus. This week, I sit down with my super good friends, Kay Poor and her daughter, Sarah Southard. We talk about fun and laughter and just uh, like just liking your kids and how important that is. Um, and we also just talk about how to keep it simple. So I'm excited for y'all to hear this episode. I know you're going to love it. Let's get started. Okay, so when I think of like the word fun and whimsy and laughter, I just always think of Kay. And I like, (laughs) I just do. And I read this book. I think I even texted you after I read it. And I, so Bob Goff, um, I feel like he's kind of like the king of that, right? Like, like if there was a king of that and a queen of that, I think you're the queen and he's the king. So y'all don't even know. But like, literally, like he is just full of like laughter and fun and balloons and the things and the parties and the people like he just makes me think of you when I read his books so um like so what are some of the ways that UK incorporated just that sense of fun and whimsy into your parents or Sarah like how can you speak into that too like what do you remember so how did she I mean I think she just um was always ready to laugh like she sought out laughter Um, she encouraged laughter in our house always. She never took herself too seriously. So we were always like jump scaring her and like just (laughs) random stuff. And she would just laugh along with us. Like she never got mad about it or. Well, I think I just liked you. I liked (laughs) being around you and your brother. And so it was just fun to be in your presence and hang out with you. And, 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 Yes, the whole te- don't take yourself so seriously thing, that's pretty huge because it's like if you can't laugh at yourself, then, you know, you're just not a fun person because everybody's on edge because <laughs> you're one of those people who people are <laughs> yeah. like, you know, Very serious all the time. Yeah, and you can't get it. You can't get a joke. You can't take a joke. You can't tell a joke. No fun. <laughs> no fun. <laughs> no fun. I mean, yeah, I think she just. She never like squashed the silliness, you know, that was happening. Like she would let us be goofy and be goofy right along with us. And um, yeah, and she makes it sound like we're really funny, but really she's just like an easy laugh. So like growing up, that's like a really nice thing to be around because you feel like you're so funny and hilarious. And really she's, <laughs> she's just like, you're just laughing right now. There's nothing <laughs> funny happening. <laughs> so it's great though. Like it's that's a great and you know person to be around. It's it's just a welcoming kind of attitude, I guess. So I never felt I don't know unwelcomed or unwanted. Like she's always like, "Come sit by me and let's laugh," you know. So I was telling Sarah this today. I was thinking about it being silly, and it's like I was I'm wired to be silly. That's just my wiring. Some people are not wired to be silly. Hashtag Greg Poor. <laughs> so. it's not gonna happen it's just you know that's not his wiring that's fine but it comes naturally to me and I was thinking the other people it comes natural to is kids little kids like preschoolers and on up and so I think kids don't have any trouble being silly they love to be silly and so if you can watch if you can catch them being silly and join into their silly it it's a relationship, you know, a give and take that happens with laughter and like we're sharing something. Is that making sense? Yeah. And and I think too, it, as they grow older, that it just it just carries on to whatever stage they're in, you know. Yeah. For so, sure. because when they get into elementary school, the silly ends. There's no more. They're not allowed to be silly. They have to be quiet in school and they have to be you know if they are silly that's when it's like planned silly I guess right and at home at home should be the place that you know 
you can be silly, you can be tired, you can be angry, you can be scared, and it's okay. You know, mm -hmm. it's a safe yeah. place. So I think, obviously, if you don't know Kay and Sarah already, um, they're basically besties. So I feel like all the time I'm seeing on Snapchat, you're over at Sarah's or Sarah's over at y'all's house and you're so involved with your grandbabies. So like, did you guys always have this type of this close -knit relationship? Yeah, I definitely, I mean, I was basically obsessed with my mom from like day one. <laughs> like just always as a mama's girl. Um, and yeah, like she said, like she was my safe place and she was my source of fun. And um, like I said, she just, I just always knew in my core that she like wanted the best for me and that she liked me and she enjoyed me. And she was um, always like building up my confidence. I feel like when I look back on like just growing up, I feel like she was like always just complimenting me on like deep things and random things and like your outfit is cute and like oh my gosh you're so smart and kind or whatever like she would just call she would name that she would call it out like the good things in me so I think I didn't really struggle with as much of the self-consciousness that a lot of kids go through because I feel like she was kind of always in the background like telling me I was awesome and I just believed her you know like yeah like speaking like, truth right right like she's in my corner and I think that really, really helped me a lot. And so anyway, just someone who's always, and don't get me wrong, she would correct me and all that also. And I think that's just as important really, because, you know, somebody who's admonishing you and building you up is the best kind of person. So there's a genuineness there. But anyway, I just always knew that she liked me really, I think is one of the main keys to our, I guess, friendship from the whole time from um, the beginning, but. Yeah. I wish you could see a picture of Kay's face right now to the people who are listening. I mean, just like the way that she looks at Sarah, it's just precious. But that's so true. Like, that's what I'm talking yeah. about. Like what you're seeing right now, like that is like my whole life, like that look, you know, like that she just really does. <laughs> she really does. Me. She's crying right now. <laughs> you can't see her. But um, uh, yeah. I mean, and I really did hope, you know, growing up, I wasn't ever like a necessarily a person who was like, I just can't wait to be a mom. But I always knew I wanted to be a mom like her. Like I, even before I had kids, I would tell her, I hope that I can be half the mom you are because just, I don't know. She just really loved me so, so well. Mm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well. Added, well, it's it's something when it's it's like when you just love somebody and you're not thinking about it. It's not yeah. a planned. It's, like I said, I genuinely liked both my kids, and I think kids pick up on that. Yeah, you know. But believe me, and we had our days. Our days though were like two to three and a half <laughs> ages. Two to three minutes. That's that's when I think every kid pushes their boundary and they're trying to figure out, you know, what's the line and you know, I want my freedom and I want or they challenge you. So we had, you know, typical toddler years, but then it I it didn't happen in elementary school and junior high and high school. I mean, she okay, you're in charge and she trusted, I guess, maybe, and she respected. I think you have to respect your kids as well. You have to give, it's a give and take of respect, you know? So I yeah. thought she respected me and then I respected her and, and we got along great. Yeah. So it sounds like you put in a whole lot of work in the front end, right? Oh, girl. When they were young. I was calling, I was calling my friend, Shelly in Michigan. We leaned on each other like every day. It was like I was calling her from my bathroom. Like I'm in my bathroom and they're out there somewhere. I don't know where they are, but I'm in here keeping them safe. You know, you just, it was tough. And I, I've told Sarah this so many times because Josh was, we moved there when she was two and he was four. And 
we were there for four years and every night it felt like I prayed, Lord, just please remove this day from my child's memory because I sucked as a parent. I just feel like I did a terrible job and they, I was exhausted and it was a long day. Lord, please just let them not remember this there. And I really laughed because one day I was kind of going through Josh's, just talking to Josh, like, so what do you remember about New Orleans? What do you remember about West Virginia? What do you remember about Michigan? And he, he remembered stuff about everyone, but Michigan, which is the place that I pray every day. <laughs> like, please. I'm like, you don't remember anything about Michigan? <laughs> Thank you, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. <laughs> you, yes. Okay. Well, you yes, we had a great time in Michigan. It was wonderful. So how funny. Anyway, it was like the early years are hard, regardless, I think, of whatever type child you have. Because mm-hmm. they just they challenge you and they and you're tired physically because they need, you know, they can't do anything for themselves. I mean, y'all are living it right now. Yeah. yeah. But it gives me hope to hear that, like, you know, these, like, the the deposits that we're putting into them right now are going to one day oh, absolutely. pay off, I guess. Absolutely. Is that a way to say it? And, and that's what my mom taught me when it was, when they were little, she was like, do it now, do it now, do it now. Because if you don't, it's just never going to end. It's going to be a whole different way of rebellion, a whole different way of going against you. So mm-hmm. she was right with both my kids. I feel like they both, and they're both very different personalities, but. Right. Really and so we're talking more us. specifically about like, like discipline, right? But like also like what kinds of things did you do when they were young that like maybe helped disciple their hearts towards Jesus? Like, did you start that at that young age too? Or was that something that y'all started more later on? I really, I really didn't do a very good job of like, okay, now we're having a Bible time and daddy's going to read a devotion and then mommy's going to sing a carol. You know, that that was, that was not our world. We were really terrible at that. Um, We just prayed. Greg and I prayed a lot. Like together we prayed. We prayed on our own. I mean, I had um, things written, prayers written on my mirror. Um, And specific ones I've told Sarah that I would pray every day that, especially when they got into school and you felt like you were sending them to the wolves. Mm -hmm. Um, I would just pray that he would protect their innocence, that he would just, you know, let this little soul, my little precious heart walk into that school and just, you know, be protected from everything that went around just stay innocent. And I'm pretty much that, that I feel like that God answered my prayer for both of them on that one. And I also prayed um, that they would see in that same setting that there would never be a gray for them, that there would be a black and a white, that they would say, that's good. That's, that's bad. I want to go toward the good. Good feels good. Mm-hmm. And I would make, I'm going to make that choice. I, I never wanted them to have a place where it was like, ah, yeah, I don't know. You know, it's like, I just wanted them to be convicted in their soul. And so those are, those are the two prayers I prayed every day. And along with, you know, please keep us all sane and all that. <laughs> yeah I do think like you said you're just more of a spontaneous personality but I think I whenever I listened to the Amy Winstead podcast you did with her and she talked all about the many moments I kept thinking about my mom because I think she was similar in that that she would take advantage of whatever situation oh. naturally arose like the simplest things like oh we're going to the grocery store and we're trying to park and there's a a shopping cart in the parking space and she would just have this kind of like conversation to us like oh you know man now we have to move somewhere else or we have to get out of the car and move it and like wouldn't it have been so much nicer if that person would just put it away because now we're in this situation where we have to deal with it and and like just always kind of pointing our focus towards others like um it's just like we're not the only ones in the universe. We were always she kind of was directing our sight towards like other people and how our actions were affecting other people. And um, yeah, so I think she kind of just ministered to us in whatever life was bringing up at the time. So Sarah, did you ever go through the like, I hate you mom phase? 
I mean, not really. I mean, we definitely had our days, you know, like, especially I think like high school when you're like Erin's hormonal and you're all crazy, but I don't think I ever hated her. I mean, uh, we kind of cheated on that. I think mm-hmm. <laughs> I think we're kind of similar in the right ways and different in the right ways to make that easier than it is for some relationships. But yeah, um, I definitely, you know, we weren't always like super happy with each other, but <laughs> I just always also, you know, like she said, she had laid the groundwork from day one. I knew she wouldn't tolerate respect, or sorry, she wouldn't tolerate disrespect. Like there were times I remember viv- vividly, like her chasing me to the stairs with her hand up, like she's going to smack me and <laughs> deserved it. Like, you know, in those moments, but she did not play, you know, like as much as she loved me and as much fun as we had, like I knew there was lines that she, I was not allowed to cross and I didn't really want to most of the time um anyway yeah but not really so that's not very helpful probably but no I mean it's real though like not everybody goes through that and I mean that's awesome like man I pray that that's my reality right but well I think too we moved um from a very ideal home uh neighborhood church school in St. Louis, St. Louis area and moved down here when she was in fourth grade, the end of her fourth grade year, Josh was um, sixth grade. And we all hit the skids because we, we had like this awesome neighborhood. We spent every night outside with all of our neighbors and, and then we came here and we knew no one. And like, she was sad. I was sad. Josh, we were all sad. So I think we kind of had empathy for each other, you yeah. know, and like, so we kind of went through some things together, like, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. Well, and when and you move I, away from all your people, all you have left are you, your people, you know what I mean? Like right. the people under your, your, right. into your roof. So, right. I right. mean, I guess that makes sense that, you know, you moved into that. And I think it's, yeah. it's, speaks to the fact that she did all those years before even when I was just young a young kid I think I was in fourth grade we moved but she always loved me and was building that relationship with me so like whenever there was nothing left and your family goes through like a crisis of sorts like you I clung to her versus like just feeling even more isolated and lonely like we had we were each other's friend kind of in that little season of like adjusting and um I think that's pretty cool when you think about it. Like, yes. yeah, yeah. When she would go to school and come back. And so, you know, it wasn't like, how was your day? It was okay. I mean, it was like we would dialogue about all the things that happened in the day and how she expected she was going to be the new kid and how the new kid was treated at her old school. You know, like, oh, the new kid who went, that's cool. Well, she came here, the new, she's the new kid and she was basically shunned. Girl. I, her prayer of innocence might have gone a little too far because I showed up at that school. I mean, you know, we're fourth grade. It's fourth grade at my old school where we were all little babies was one thing. And fourth grade at this new school where people were like really cool and, you know, whatever. I showed up in this like big old happy face tie-dye t-shirt like, what is up? I'm here to party. Like, get in line to be my friend. And then people were like, who is this absolute dork? Please <laughs> get away from us. So anyway, it was a rude awakening. Right. She was there to listen to it all and to comfort me. <laughs> we made it out somehow, right? <laughs> You're on the other end of it. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. Uh, sure, so. <laughs> I love it. So we've talked, we've used the word friend a whole lot. And I feel like there's this weird, like, negative I don't know connotation a little bit when you hear people talk about their kids and being their friend and so let's like kind of let's like talk about that so is it wrong to want to be your kid's friend is it um that you can only be your kid's friend when they're grown up or is there a way to like you kind of have talked about like to be their friend while also still being their parent at the same time, I I don't I don't feel like I ever like wanted to be her friend. I feel like I was. There's only she had many friends, but only one mom. 
And so I had that role that God gave me in her life. And it's a, it's a, it's, it's, it's a vast role. I mean, in there, it's all the, you know, you, you kind of, you love them and you laugh with them, you have fun with them, but you also, you know, show them the way and help them to like make good decisions and, you know, be a role model. But I, I never really ever struggled to be like, if I discipline her, she's not going to like me. Mm. Never. That never was a, because I, I was just like, I don't really care how she feels about me because I care more about her. Mm. Does that make sense? Like yes. I cared more about teaching her whatever it was, whatever that situation was, it was more important to me that she get this than like me. I don't know. It just was, it just never crossed my mind. Just had yeah. the wisdom to know that like, disciplining me wouldn't like cost us the relationship it wouldn't like sacrifice that uh the fun part of it I guess you know and I think you know just like this isn't new information but the kids like boundaries they seek boundaries and so I think when you're young growing up like you know toddler age you know the mom is the center of your universe and I know she was always correcting setting boundaries and disciplining us but it was all you know of course she would still have fun with us when that was appropriate too but um, she just knew that by nature we would still gravitate towards her because kids know who likes that who, who sorry well, who liked them and who um yeah I mean <laughs> no it's true though like so you didn't necessarily like start off like we're gonna be best friends and I only want to be her friend and I'm never going to discipline her because being her friend is the number one only thing that matters, right? Like, obviously, that would be detrimental to a development of a child. But, but like, because you cared about her, and like you said from the beginning, like, you just genuinely enjoyed her presence, enjoyed being around her. It, but, like, you didn't forget that you also are, like, her mom, right? Right. So, I mean... So I think it's okay to do both, right? Like you can have a relationship that is built on like enjoyment and fun and like you genuinely like each other. Like you are friend, you like each other. However, I'm your mom and we're going to call you out when you need it. Well, and I I always said um, I never really understood God as much as when I became a parent Mm -hmm. because it's like I understood that there were times when, as a mom, you're like, don't do this because if you do it, it will end in death. And the child is saying, I want to do that. <laughs> like, just believe me, no. But, you know, it doesn't have to make sense to the child. It's not going to make sense. Like, our his rules never sometimes make sense to us, you know? Yeah. But it's mm-hmm. like, there, it's all for our good. So anything thing that you do as a parent the end result used to be good not for your your um like I had friends I didn't need Sarah as my friend so my role was not to like have her just so I could have a friend it was like no I wanted her to be a good person I wanted her to be a person that people wanted to be around I wanted her to be someone who was going to be a good wife someday, a good roommate someday, a good neighbor someday. I, that was my main goal. Obviously, love Jesus. After that, though, I want other people, her to see other people, because when you see other people, you naturally become a kind person. And, you know, you're not a princess where people are, you know, repulsed by you. <laughs> So in the end, it's about her. Does that make sense? In the end, it's like I wanted the best for her. I wanted her to be a good person so that she would have friends in her life and she would have a good spot, a marriage. And um, I don't know if that's making any sense at all. But yeah, no, it does. I think when parents decide that they just want to be their kids' friends, it's not about them. It's about it's about it's not about their kids. It's about them, right? It's about them, right? Yeah. Go find a friend. You, ha- right. you know, go get an adult. 
have a friend. Right. It has but to be like more now, than that. It can't just right. be that. Yeah. Yeah. And now I feel like she's my friend. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I have done my job. She's a grown adult. She has her own family. Now we can be friends. I, I can, I'm still there for her to support her in whatever way she needs or however. And I respect her and her home and her, her husband, you know, but it's not like, and I, I could, I could told you earlier, I feel like my role is a support system for their family, not just my child anymore. It's now a whole family that I'm supporting in whatever way she deems that she wants. I love it. All right. So Kay, you were, um, I mean, we've been around for a while now with y'all and, uh, (laughs) I know when we moved here, we didn't have anybody and we met, you know, Sarah and Nathan and started small group and all that. Um, but you and Greg were always so intentional about including us into your family and your holidays and your celebrations. So has that like always been an intentional decision that you've made? Um, and like, how does that help y'all's relationship together? Just like, what's the why behind all of that? Well, um, yeah, it's that it's intentional. Um, two, two reasons. One, I was the Aaron and Chet Walker who lived far away from family and had kids and no, no place to go on, on Easter. And if I didn't go hang out with my friends, cause they were hanging out with their family, we were by ourselves. So I, I, I was in your spot where it's like, you know, I need some place to go and hang out and be with the family. Um, but then also it's like, there's my, my, I want to be with my kid. And so I also want to know, know her friends, just like when your kids are three, four, 16, 18, you want to know their friends. You want to know who they're hanging out with. I want to know when she talks about Aaron or Chet or Amy that I know exactly who she's talking about because again we're friends so if she ever needs to dialogue about that friend I can maybe help her too so um yeah that's that's very intentional we we and plus you know Greg and I've talked about this we just like people and so you know the more the merrier everybody's welcome so you like parties (laughs) yeah for sure so we talked about, okay, so do you all, so we talked about like, if y'all went through the, I hate mom phase, right? And you did talk about how there's days where it was hard, you know, growing up. So even still like now, are there days where y'all ever argue? Um, like, how do you navigate? I mean, I feel like it's pretty rare for us to argue, but I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that my mom is very aware, like she was talking about earlier, she, um, is very aware of like my role as mother and wife and like what we're doing over here. And so she's not trying to like force her opinions on me or um, like parent my kids or tell me what to do. You know, she does that like in love or if I solicit her advice or even if, you know, I know that if I was doing something crazy, she would like step in and be like, Hey, you know, think about this or whatever, but she's not, I think she's always trying to be very cognizant of like of the feeling. Yeah, like she's not pushing herself into things where I don't not that I don't want her in, in my life, but you know what I'm saying? Like she's not stepping on my toes all the time or doing things not in regard for what I'm thinking or feeling or how I want to do it. So um I mean it's honestly this is a fun season, I think, for all of us because it's like we get to enjoy like the friendship we've built over the years, but then now like we get to love my kids together and I do definitely need her advice and help. And I would say 95% of what I do with my kids is things I've learned from her. Um, so I'm always, you know, asking her for advice or she's there to like, listen to me when I'm like, they're crazy, you know? So I'm like, no, it's okay. (laughs) Don't murder them. We love them. Okay. So (laughs) It's, it's been it's been good so I think um when, in adult relationships I do really any but adult especially relationships I feel like the mom has a lot of power over how well that's going to go because um I think if you still feel like possessive over your kid like 
you know, you still have that same role, the same type of mothering role you did when they're growing up, when they're an adult. It just, it's not that true. It's, it changes. So she's really good about acknowledging that change and embracing it. And so I think that saves us a lot of arguments that could happen. So you kind of mentioned we, boundaries for a second there. Um, so how were those like established? How did that start? Like, did it just kind of happen or or have you ever had to have conversations where it's like no these are the things that like we can't we're not going to do this or or how did that I mean I think happen? she just asked me a lot of questions really like she'll just straight ask me like you know is it okay if I do this or like I don't want to and she'll just we'll just kind of talk about it head on like um, I feel like the weirdest times are when I have like a new baby and it's like they're in our house a lot more trying to help us or things like that where it's like then she's always kind of more like, okay, like, is it okay if we do this? Is it all right that we're here? Or do you want me here? You know? And so she'll just ask me straight up. And I mean, that's nice too, because it saves a lot of like, I'm trying to understand what she's thinking or she's trying to understand what I'm thinking. We just like talk about it. So. Yeah. yeah. I think one of the most important things is like, we had like Susan and Wesley and I did this mainly the two of us right Sarah who else do you think that was um and we would get our girls together all of like her see her she and I and then our girls and so we would have you know afternoons for we would just spend the afternoon sitting around the table talking so there was friendships developing of course Susan and I were friends but then our girls became closer friends but my daughter got to be close to Susan. And, you know, there was this, like, a community of, of women. So it wasn't just Sarah and I on our own. We kind of had, like, a powwow, a team, you know? Yeah. Like, I just remember a random one time talking to the girls about somebody said, oh, this, this girl's dating this guy, and he's terrible, but she's not listening to anybody because, you know, she thinks he's awesome. And so we kind of talked about that, and then, was one a moment where I said, "Well, okay, so you know she's not listening, but, but she trusts you, right? You know she she believes and she knows you love her, but why isn't she listening? Because she's madly in love with this guy and she's blinded by love, so or whatever that is. So can we just make a pact that when one of you <laughs> has a has a boy that you know is doing the same thing because it may happen that when one of you us says hey this guy is crazy and you're crazy and you're not listening to buddy blah 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 will you listen to the us will you trust us enough and they're like oh yeah 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 but just moments like you know where you're like you can talk to your friends girls um kids in the same way you talk to your own and it also brought her i don't know how i'm, I'm describing that well sarah yeah i mean i think i mean again the podcast you've had, Erin, I feel like that's a recurring theme is the village yeah. right? and building up that village and not even just for female children, but for male children as well. And I think, yeah, like just having somebody else who knew me really well and who I could watch the way that Susan parented her daughters and their relationship and learn just as much from Susan, you know, in different moments or Pam Durand or, you know, Lisa Cardin and all these ladies that were just in our world, Denise Ward, all these ladies that were just available and who knew who I was, like in my heart, not just my name, whatever. Yeah. And who I knew cared about me. Like, I feel like I am so spoiled that I just grew up knowing that I had all these people who cared about me. Like, and that was never a question. I was always a known person, you know, and I had options of um, different people to talk to. And so, and their children, of course, like that's also part of it. They were like, basically functioned as my cousins I think and still do but um I don't think there is a price tag you put on creating that but they are also very intentional too about making sure that happened and scheduling that time and being available to talk to us and I, when I say us I mean like Susan was available to talk to me and my mom was available to talk to Pam's kids you know so just putting those faces in your kid's life repeatedly and over and over. And so. Well, and I'm uh, sure that that helped y'all's relationship, even just with mom and, and daughter. Cause like 
if you're seeing how Pam and all of the other moms are parenting their kids and how they're talking to their kids and the expectations and rules and whatever, like it makes it feel less like, well, why is my mom making me think this? Or why is my mom making me do that? Like, it just becomes your norm. Like, this is just what we all do because this is what all of y'all do. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think Aaron right. that. Like our kids would be like, I don't have a cell phone. I'm the only one. <laughs> no, you're not. The walkers don't no, have. No, you're not. <laughs> That's right. It's okay. So I think, you know, I'm excited about doing that, you know, yeah. kids and it's just like, I mean, thought about it. It's like, yeah, definitely. That's going to be how my life is because that's just what I was raised. And I think even if you weren't raised in that, if you have that knowledge, you can create that for your kids and like leave that legacy with your kids. So it can start with you. And I think that's something, this is kind of off topic again, that my mom is really good at is that I think with her, a lot of things started for our family. Like she, I mean, I think she had a wonderful mom too, but she created church family and she created all these things for us that maybe she didn't have as much of but she made sure that we had it and now my kids will have that because of her you know and so like just that getting passed along hopefully and so just doesn't encouragement for anybody who's like new to the faith or new to an area doesn't know anybody like it's worth chasing after and don't give up yeah. because it's good yeah I feel like a lot of times moms create the culture right oh totally. right yeah I feel like um, I had a, you know, we had Josh who was more of the quiet, the quiet one, um, who was loved to play, you know, Xbox. And so, uh, you know, he was at the age where we could have gone and gone to anybody's house, whatever. And he would have just stayed here by himself. So I, I had people in my house. I, I wanted them to come at my house because I knew Josh would, you know, be around those people. He might come down and get a drink or, a, you know, a nacho or something and come back up. And there might be a little moment that he grabbed on to some people, or, you know, Mark Cardin would, you know, talk to him and, hey, how you doing, Josh? Because um, he was he was quiet. He was more, you know, wasn't as outgoing as Sarah was. And so it's like I couldn't force him into those moments in other people's homes, but I could bring the other people into our home about the mom like setting the tone in the home I mean I feel like that's so true I feel like all of us like especially now that I have kids and you kind of pay attention to just families around you you kind of can see how like the trickle-down effect of really the mom I feel like even though especially the younger they are I feel like the more that impacts them but um like we talk about silliness you know like my mom was fun and she had fun people around her and she brought them into our life and I think Denise said on their podcast with you that she wanted to find fun Christians for her kids to like see and know that yeah, every Christian is a curmudgeon, you know, and boring and whatever. And so we had lots of fun people, but I think she attracted that and created that. Like she made that appealing, you know? So that was like her strengths. And I also was kind of weird about like, I wanted, there was no alcohol. So I wanted my kids because when I was in high school, you, you know, it was about, you had high alcohol to have fun. So I thought, you know, and, and, I, you know, my people, we laugh from our gut and nobody's, nobody's drinking. So I didn't want, I wanted my kids to experience like innocent, pure relationship, laughter, just it, what it, nobody could say, oh, well, you know, my parents were downstairs and they were just, you know everybody was cracking up because they had been drinking there was that that was not even a, a there was nothing and I'm not saying it, I'm against alcohol <laughs> it was right. just, there's there's some moments with your kids that I think you need to think through that if you're going to have your kids involved all the time what does that look like as far as like letting them see community raw without alcohol yeah, like I said, I'm not against alcohol. I have my wine, but I'm just saying, with kids, you have to you have to be really unselfish a lot of times. Like, yeah, you know, when go you make go those have super intentional decisions, right? Like, yes, super intentional. Was, like, I yeah. these people are here for my kids to to not for me. They are for, are for me, but also to like. There's a moment here that we're yeah. creating. I don't right. know. No, it's true. And like at that sticky faith forum that we had at church the other week, 
they talked about like I think you know in a youth group setting it's usually like what five kids to one adult right but they're saying that like like really it has to be like turned on its head where it should be one kid Mm -hmm. to five adults like Sarah said like she could go to Susan and Pam and Lisa and you and Denise you know like there's a group of women that Sarah had access to that all loved her I don't know supposedly that is just me so any words of encouragement for moms who desire like this type of relationship with their kids I would have to say like the older I get and then you know now that I have my own kids and I'm in the thick of tiny children parenting I have found that like I really am not as silly and as fun in my own like nature like it's not as natural for me to be like that and so I have to actively remember like no like laugh with them you know mess with them like do the silly stuff and it's more like on purpose probably for me like I have to work harder at it than my mom probably did because she is more (laughs) a fun person um but I think that's okay. I'm just saying that for anyone out there who's listening, thinking like, oh my gosh, like I'm not the silly fun person. It's not my instinct, you know, like that's okay. Like as long as you know that and try to embrace those moments when they come up and like do it for your kids because it's never going to hurt you. I mean, when I think about like now that we're adults and I think all those families who keep bringing up from our church, all these moms that still have really good relationships with their daughters, but also their sons are women who were, like my mom said, able to laugh, laugh at themselves, like appreciate humor, even if it's somebody else's humor and you're just laughing along, like just being open to that. And yeah, so even if you have to think about it a little harder than other people, that's okay. I still think it's important. And I'm really glad I have my mom in my life because she reminds me of that. Um, and it's like that refreshing burst of air. And, and I think even if you have to go find other friends if it's not your mom or whatever if you have friends in your life who are more fun like I think of Amy Beerman she's like much more fun than me in general as you probably know that you're in. <laughs> so I let her lead in that or I kind of you know oh, that's a good idea I'll do that too or whatever I just kind of she reminds me like it's okay to be lighthearted. it's okay to be fun so anyway either, whether you're letting somebody else kind of help you along in that area or just making sure you're thinking about it. If it's not your natural personality, that's okay. I think you probably love your kids and you probably like them. And so just, you know, show that to them and show them that um, you like to be with them, even though, you know, there are times you don't, (laughs) but there are times that you do. And so embrace those times and, you know, Don't pass up on the small, little tickle fights or or, um, times in the car, you know, put the radio on and sing. I don't know if Sarah remembers, but I love to always have the radio on and singing and just being silly, you know, just, I don't know. The world is heavy enough and just try not to like make your home be heavy also, you know, just there's too many tasks going on that's it's not the end of the world that they don't get done <laughs> Just, yeah. you know yeah I, definitely I don't know she always valued like us and who we are over like what we could do like our grades or you know our achievements or whatever like I feel like she always just cared more about who we were you know how we were growing as a human being and like all the other stuff is just extra and so I think that was like a security that I had that I didn't have to, you know, bring home all these awesome grades or whatever. I mean, she liked when I got good grades, but you know what I'm saying? It wasn't like my perfection for us wasn't determined by what we were or were not doing. I can remember my my friend Shelly. Um, she was freaking out because she moved to North Carolina and all these, all her daughter's friends were taking ballet and Elena wasn't taking ballet and oh my gosh. And then she was just getting so like worked up about it. And I said, Shelly, seriously, how many 32-year-old women are walking around and you look at them and say, "Ah, clearly, she did not have ballet. Nobody. (laughs) Right. You know, it's like, that's not important. So, like, 
But don't put that pressure on yourself if it's not right. in your realm of your family right now. Yeah. And it's not going to matter to that child. That child, unless that child's totally gifted, they're going to be a, you know, prima ballerina. Like it's, it's not that important. So, so what? She doesn't have ballet. Did she have fun with you? You know, going to get an ice cream cone and you don't have to, it doesn't have to be a manicure and pedicure that costs money because maybe someday she's not going to be able to afford a man in a petty. Maybe she's going to find a man who can barely support her. And she's like, well, where's my manny, my petty? You know, <laughs> it's like, you know, I guess I was, I just try to make life simple so that whatever they got was a, the Cajuns called lanyard. So, you know, I don't know. I just didn't want her to have all these expectations that, you know, have fun. We have to have a scheduled dad, mommy, daughter date. It was, we just had fun. Yeah. I don't know. Is that yeah. making any sense? No, it day does. Day to day. She was just really present. I mean, I'm sorry. She's just really present with us. Like, and I, I'm saying this to like myself and like our generation, I feel like as moms will have like a new challenge with the technology and being on your phone and being distracted by the phone because it's just so easy. And it's hard because your phone is now like, you know, it's your to-do list and it's your calendar and it's your whatever, your grocery shopping. And so it's not always like you're on your phone and ignoring your kids on purpose, but I feel really convicted that I don't want my kids to think back on their childhood and remember me like looking at my phone. Yep. So just, I try to make sure I'm like giving them eye contact. Like it sounds silly, but like, am I giving my eyes to like each of my kids and like, you know, several times a day, like putting my eyes on them and they know I see them and they're seeing, you know, whatever. And then I think this is just a random whatever, but when I'm on my phone doing like, a grocery list or something I'll tell them like oh I'm making my grocery list for so that way they know I'm not just ignoring you I'm you know I'm showing you or hey come help me make the grocery list what sounds good or you know yeah I just kind of I feel like if you're just silently on your phone all the time you're just gonna I don't know either think technology was like elevated to where we're like your phone is so important obviously mom and dad are on it all the time must be the best thing ever and like what's important in life or whatever you know like you want them to know like that is a tool that we're using for specific purposes. And like, when I think about it, I try to remember, which, you know, definitely not perfectly, but to not just be mindlessly on my phone in front of them when I can. But I think, you know, rewind back to like the nineties or whatever. My mom was just always like with us and carving out those minutes all throughout the day, just to like, you know, look into our faces, honestly, and just like talk to us <laughs> yeah yell at us no I'm kidding but she was just really available all the time when she could be so I wasn't perfect at it you tried <laughs> none of us are right <laughs> so I just have to say every time I don't know I think about my hopes right like for when I grow up <laughs> like I'm grown right but like when I'm more grown up mm -hmm. <laughs> when I'm a real grown up that like I want I hope I, so deep in my soul that like I can sit and do this like with my kids I mean okay I can't just I can just not even imagine like, what that does to your heart to sit and listen to Sarah talk like that like oh my gosh I mean you just so desire that right and then you sit there and listen to it and it's well and you just feel like I'm not that great. She thinks I'm so great. <laughs> wow. Not that great. But it's sweet. It's very, very precious. So, yeah. But I think, like, all it really takes, like, we've been saying this whole, you know, however many minutes, is, like, if your your kid will know if you are invested and if you like them and if you want that relationship, I think they will pick up on that. And so... That's the key, really. I mean, they might go through all kinds of ups and downs and hills in life and seasons where they don't want you to be around or whatever. But I think at the end of the day, for the long haul, they will know, you know. And so I think I'm not worried at all that you'll have this with your kids, Erin, because I know how much you want it and how much you will work hard to make it happen. And it's that relationship. And kids, kids, I think, give a lot more grace than we give them credit for. Because I think we have our old, our old minds, we hang on to things and yeah. grudges and, you know, 
they they move on. They're you know they are quick to forgive. So and like Josh, quick to forget. <laughs> <laughs> so you know you have to give them give them that. They they really are pretty resilient. I think that's a God God wiring. You know he's probably like oh boy, <laughs> you know I'm gonna give them. All they're gonna the be able to bounce. They're gonna be able to bounce off the walls physically, and they're gonna be able to you know. Um, I just think they they naturally just love their parents and they actually want crave that love you know you hear about people who didn't have it from a father and they just they just desperately crave that love from their father and it's like they'll they don't they'll forgive everything just to have that love and so it's like like she said I think your your girls are going to to know that just because of your your heart you know mm-hmm. And I don't think you have to spend 24-7 with them. I didn't spend 24-7 with my kids, you know. Um, yeah. I just think those moments that that pop up, like I said, I was not a planner. I really was not like, this is today is going to be the fun day. No, today is going to, no, it wasn't that way. It was like, Sarah, I think she was, a lot of times I felt like I stressed her out because she would be like, so what are we doing today, Mom, a plan with a, I don't know, you know, but I just think you just take advantage of those moments that you have every day. It's a new day, you know, tell them that you love them, you know, like listen to them, ask questions. Don't ask the, you know, yes, you know, this, the yes or no answer questions. Like, you know, tell me real true, like genuine, you just care. You, you love them and you actually like them. I think that's just again. Right. But again, that's like that. That's how you can be their friend. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you know, yeah. you really do care about them and you want to know about their day. And how can I help you? Can I help you tomorrow with your day? I don't know. Well-rounded, like you are always touching us and hugging us. And then you're always verbally affirming us and like saying, I love you and giving us little, you know, mom nicknames like angel face or whatever she call us. <laughs> Just. I think she was always trying to express that in different ways. And again, your kids pick up on all that. So, yeah. Okay. So Sarah, before we finish, would you pray for all the moms that are listening? Sure. I'd love to. Uh, Dear Lord, just thank you so much for this topic and that this is being brought to our attention. Um, We know that our relationships with our children are uh, invaluable. And I just pray that you give us eyes to see the moments we can be silly and build that bond and um, just see the moments where we can love them well in all the different ways um, that motherhood requires of us. And I just thank you for all the moms out there who have done a great job raising us up so that we can raise up the next generation with the same type of love. And I just pray that you would bless everybody's efforts out there um, just trying to point their kids to you. And it's in your name I pray. Amen.